Deputy Marshal Marlowe speaking. Good morning, Deputy Marshal. You asked me to contact you again if Keck made any more predictions. I wasn't around at the time, but this report says it spoke something 15 minutes ago. I greatly appreciate it, Dr. Patani. What is it saying this time? Lars. Lars. Like the station cargo loader? Correct. L-A-R-S. Repeated three times as usual, then stopped. The confidence translation level is 97.4%. It's the first translated word we've seen in months. 15 minutes ago, so you'd say half past 11 a.m. Precisely. Well, seems the connection on this one isn't too overly complicated then. I'll reach out to Zeke to see if we can locate Mr. Lars, and uh, I want to thank you for letting me know so quickly, Doctor. You're very welcome, Deputy. Please let me know once you confirm it was indeed Lars. Absolutely. Goodbye, Doctor. What's up, Lawman? Morning, Zeke. Is Lars currently on shift? Yep. He and Annie are doing routine maintenance in the ice tunnels this week. Do me a favor. Radio Annie. Ask her just to confirm that Lars is alright, that there is nothing wrong. Is something I should know about? Something happened? I'm not sure. It may not be anything. I just got a call from the Dark Sector lab. And uh, the Keck just translated his name. Keck? That the computer that predicted your crash? The one that reads light from outer space or something? That's the one. It's been right with each prediction. That's why... Uh, I just want to make sure everything's okay. Yeah, alright. Sit tight a second. Stay on the line, alright? Come in, Annie. Go ahead, Chief. Yeah, I'm just checking in. Want to make sure you and Lars are okay down there. Uh, everything is fine, Chief. I'm working on the exhaust duct that was blocked last week. Just about done with that. Lars is... Uh... Standby, Chief. Uh... Chief? He's gone. What the hell you mean, he gone? He was just down here with me. Working on the heating station around the corner from where I was in Tunnel B, Section G. I saw him 15 minutes ago when he... motioned for me to hold a flashlight for him. When I just looked around the corner to Section E just now, he was gone. The heating station looks to be working again. No sign of him inside. I'm checking down deeper into the tunnel. Hold up. Chief, the surface hatch on emergency ladder exit, number 7. It's open. He must have exited through there, near building 58. Shit. Come on out, Annie. Tag out with Keenan once you clear the tunnels. Damn. Lawman, you catch that? Yeah. Put a bolo out in Lars with station ops. Have Mr. Kelly send out a be on the lookout message. Inform all staff he's missing report they see him, but do not approach. Listen, Bass. There's something seriously ain't right here. Nobody, I mean no damn body, overlooks tag in, tag out. I train my people about this. It's rule number one. Going to any hazardous place. The ice caves, the pump room, the power arc, all of them. I know my boy can't talk. But he would have let Annie know if he had the boat so she could call it in. Gotcha. Keep track of Annie. Once she's clear, ask her if she saw anything that looked like there was a struggle, like anything had happened. 
Lars is even bigger than me, Bass. Ain't no way nobody could have knocked him out. Let alone knock his ass out and carry it up an emergency ladder. I know, it doesn't make sense to me either. Let's just make sure that Annie gets out safe, and I'll head down there as soon as I can, and you and I can check it out ourselves. I need to contact Mr. Kelly now to get the word passed around. Okay, I'll see you when I see you. Mr. Kelly, I need to get notice out to all station staff to be on the lookout for Lars. He was in the ice tunnels but disappeared. His duty status is whereabouts unknown. Gosh, that's terrible. Do you think it was foul play? Easy with that talk, Mr. Kelly. Let's not jump to unnecessary conclusions. I just need people to keep their eyes open for him. Report in if they see him. I understand. I'll have Miss June get an announcement out right now. I'll let you know if anyone reports seeing him. Good. I'm heading over to Ops. I'll chat with you shortly. Dark, careful toverish floor is wet from muppings. Somebody spills coffee and does not call right away. Now, spill heads dried up and looks like caffeine crime scene in Mikhail's clean hallways. Oh, thanks, Mikhail. Hey, I don't suppose you've seen Lars, have you? Tobrish, you know Mikhail is no good with the names. Uh, which smart depends is this one? German guy, DeWalt cargo loader, big, big guy. 6'7", he's bald. Ah, you speak of bull. Reminds me of tall, shiny headman who was bailiff on TV sitcom show with Harry Judge and Dan Lawyer. Um, okay, this one I don't know. But yeah, that's him. You seen him in the last hour by chance? What's the moye drug? I have not seen Bull since uh, evening last. Okay, if you do happen to see him, please let Mr. Kelly know. Sto? <sighs> Terry. Ah, you mean Timmy. Ah, not a problem. Oh, Tovarish. I forget my manners. How is things with you and little Judge Mouse, Doctor? You seem to be happy like Edith and Archie. We're doing fine, Mikhail. Past few months have been some of the happy. All in the family? Really? Duh. I know neither you nor Judge Mouse are exactly like that. They are older. They struggle to understand the world they live in now. He is grumpy older man who is angry at world. She is a sweet, shy, and socially awkward woman. That, uh, that is surely not you and Church Mouse, there. All right, I guess that's pretty accurate when you put it that way. Ah, it makes my heart grow warm to know you and her are still doing well. Just uh, walk, walk softly, Tovarish. New loves can be exciting, but also very delicate. Must be cared for. Very, very gentle-like. Trust me, Mikhail. I have absolutely no intention of ruining this. We're gonna go slow for now, take it one day at a time. We both agreed on this. Eh, is no just words, Tovarish. Your love is, is new, da, but can also be overwhelming. Look at Bunker's couple. They are opposites, get on nerves of one another for decades, but... No matter what the situation, their loves 
is always winning over disagreements. You would do good to be remembering this, what Archie and Edith teach us about lasting relationships. As always, I'll keep your unique brand of folksy wisdom in mind as we move forward. As Archie says, patience is a virgin, meathead. Hello, Mr. Kelly? Anybody here? Mr. Kelly? Ah, Frederick's lunchtime, G-Man. The brass here all strap on the feedback at quarter noon. Been that way for years in the winter. Lars, you're talking. What happened to you? Why'd you leave the tunnels out letting Annie know? I need to hit the bricks for a bit like cleared out the cobwebs. Oh, oh, still kind of fuzzy. Need to rest until it stopped feeling like someone slipped me a Mickey. Happens every time I find a new ride. What are you talking about and why are you sitting in the dark? Ah, oh, let's shed a little light on the subject. There, that should make it easier. We haven't been formally introduced. Name is Johnson, Richard Johnson. I'm a brother badge, private dick to you and me. I took control of the big galoot here when he picked me up in the ice caves. And before you say anything, I know, I'm a puppet. That's a case I'm still working on, but now, if you mind not uh, gazing at me so much and staring at it, maybe go give me a pack of Luckies and a bottle of Rocker. What do you say? I have time to make up for. Um... Uh, all staff? Lars has been located. He's safe. He's with me in the visitor's office, administration floor two, elevated station. Zeke, please come to the office. I repeat, Chief Bustamante to the office, please. Marlo, out. All right. Interview of, um, Detective Richard Johnson. Private investigator. Amundsen Scott Station. Today is, ironically, not the weirdest day of mine down here. Uh, Friday, 29th, and the time. You know what? There's no clock in this office. Let's call it noon. Also in the room is Lars, station cargo lifter. Chief of Engineering Ezekiel Bustamante to join us shortly. Back in my day, those things were the size of a bread box and weighed about four bricks worth. Real drill not around anymore, huh? B... Before we get started, so I am respectful, shall I be addressing Lars or you standing on the desk? The moose in the chair is just my ride, see? He helps me get from here to there. As far as the yak, the yak, talk to me, G-Man. Okay, then. How about we start with how did you get here? Walk to the door, same as you. You sure you're a fed? You got a ticket on my ticket, Gandad? I'm a U.S. Deputy Marshal, sworn and accredited my badge and ID. All right, ten look square. So, you're the new house dick everybody's flapping their gums about. Western Marshal from all the dime store novels, right? Guess you could say that. What I'm more interested to know is... What's a two-bit sock with clothes and googly eyes doing with a prize fighter-sized fist up his caboose? <laughs> I'm on the trolley, Mac, on a trip for biscuits. Yeah. Let's start there. What are you? How'd you get here? Well, just like the Saturday matinee say, it all started with a Roscoe being pushed in my mug by a dropper who wanted me and my partner in a Chicago overcoat. <laughs> what? In English, 
please. We doing the Tijuana Tango here, Charlie? You a drummer? A Clyde? Fine. Like I would my brother's jingle brain kid. Somebody hired a killer to take out my detective partner and me. He's savvy. Okay. Thank you. Please, go on. Well, neither of us came for a third nostril, so we take out the hired killer and start looking for the high pillow. For the crime boss who wanted to murder us. Word on the street was he had gone on a lamb while we were after him. Was holed up in a meatpacking district, so Louie and me. Louie's the other shameless. We grabbed a hack and went from our offices in Midtown to West 48th and 6th, down to 10th Avenue where we heard he was. Well, it didn't take but two shakes and his goons make us. We're behind the eight ball and nothing flat. Ah, Louie got one on the chest, got cut down as soon as he walked in the door. Somebody gave me the wood shampoo and it was lights out. I came to in a chair and trussed up like Tom Turkey. Heavy chains and cinder blocks keep me company. Wasn't sure if this was them tightening the screws with the number of trouble boys around on the edge of the pier over the Hudson. I didn't think they were there to make me a cake. So, this big goon with a broken nose tips the edge of my chair with his foot and I start sinking like a rummy after his foot tipping. I thought it was coitins. I started sinking that black when I see this swirling, purplish, inking light below me. Chairs like right through it, and suddenly I'm on my back in this place. Some scoy with thick goggles sewing me up. There was a nightingale patching me up, but I couldn't move. And it wasn't until one of them uh, put me on I could take control. From there, it's all news. Um. So you. Yeah. I honestly got nothing here. This makes absolutely zero sense. Lars! I don't care if you can't speak. You best start telling <laughs> Afternoon, Chiefy. <laughs> oh, shit. Evil Kermit. Help me out here, little man. Wait, see. Wait, wait. Oh, damn it. No, 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 no. Drop him. Drop him. 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 Shoot him. Him. I told you. He put a deal. Shoot him. God damn it. I said drop him. Last chance. Drop him or I'll drop you. I'm gonna put you down now, Chiefy. Let's not go trying to separate me and the Goonie Moose here. We savvy. Told you. E evil. Shoot him, Bass. Easy there with the heater now, G-Man. I know Zeke here told you I'd take livers, leave yep. marks and bathtubs full of ice, <laughs> and I'm all off the tracks. But that ain't the skinny. I'm in all easy here. And that's no grift. Now. I don't want to give it to anybody on the chin. I got no kick with any of you. I just seem to get back to where I came from and then tell one of these Charlies with a degree to put his finger on how I got here. I'm going to cool my heels. Zeke, you okay over there? Shoot him. I can't just shoot a person, Zeke. He let you go when I told him to. He's not... He ain't no person, man. He's a sock. A pussy. A sock being held by Lars. I... Look, I am putting my gun, my heater, away. Johnson, I have your word. No more violence if I do. The hell, man? I didn't start this little dust-up marshal. Just defending myself against Chief Crescent Wrench here. But if it makes you unclench your keister, okay. You have my word. As a fellow flatty, as a man of the law, no rough stuff. Zeke, just work with me here, okay, please? Just step outside real quick. I'll be out there in two seconds to chat. Mm -hmm. Oh, you damn right. We're going to be talking about this one, doll, man. Ain't no way. <coughs> Pinocchio will be walking around my station when I'm still taking an air. <sighs> okay. Normally, 
A man has to earn my trust and respect. A man who wears or has worn a badge automatically gets it until he shows me he's not worth to have worn it in the first place. I don't fully get all of this, but don't make me regret this decision, Johnson, Lars, whoever. Now, you know, you're an okay Joe for G-Man, Marlo. One up tighter than a pocket watch, but for a bull, you seem like a straight shooter. Now, what about them luckies and the fifth of Jack? What do you say? Just do us both a favor. Sit tight for five minutes. I will be right back. But then we'll see what we can do about cigarettes and booze. You lost your damn fool mind. You wasn't here the last time that voodoo doll was loose. You didn't see the damage he caused. Zeke, seriously, this isn't the puppet doing this. Come on. Laura's obviously found him in the tunnels, and he's found some way to finally express himself. Think he needs more time with Sydney than a bullet, yeah? You have lost your damn mind. After all this shit we're going on down here, this, this is where you draw the line, man? Zeke, I don't know if he is what he says he is or if it's Lars. What I do know is that he was holding you by the neck a foot off the ground with his left hand and he didn't even strain. I gut punched him three times. And I'm not proud of this, but a kidney punched him twice. I've seen that takedown guys your size jacked up on steroids and LSD. It didn't phase him. Phase Lars. Zeke, my gun notwithstanding, I get the impression that the both of us couldn't together take him down. For now, and until I'm positive as to exactly what the situation is. I want him calm. I want you calm. Are you calm? <coughs> yeah, I'm calm. <coughs> I'm calm, Bass. <coughs> Bass. You remember when we was in the ice tunnels? Yeah. When you saw him the first time? Yeah. Remember when I said he'd knock you out, <coughs> cut out your liver, you wake up in a bathtub of ice? Yes, I remember that. You were worked up. So it was a bad hoodoo and uh, called him a two-bit raggedy hand doll. Yeah. Well, that puppet, Richard Johnson, just repeated to you my exact words in there. Wasn't no one in those caves but us in there. You remember? Goddamn, Lord, man. Lars wasn't even on the continent then. How did he know that? I'm sorry, Lord. I'm just kind of worked up here. Huh. Yeah, huh. You damn right, huh? You want to play this your way, Lord, man? Okay, okay. I'll back you. Trust me when I say this. Don't you turn your back for a second on Chucky in there. He's got control of laws, man. Now, you get the most twisted puppet controlling a strong man in this three-ring circus, and I am about to play the clown in that show. We'll keep an eye on him. And we'll make sure he stays tame. In the meantime, it's Friday. Station store is open today, yeah? I think so, why? I need to pick up a bottle and a pack of smokes. So in addition to working with Chief Bustamante's team as an electrician, you also head up the greenhouse and botanical growing operations, is that correct? Yep, Duder, I have been doing the electrician gig for two years now and the greenhouse for three. Yeah. Keep the, keep the power flowing and the good times growing, yeah? <laughs> oh, I'm sure you do, Mr. Dauber. Ew, no, dude, no, no. Just 
Pat, Patsy, if you want, or Patrick, if you're being super serious with me, but no, Mr. Dauber, that's, that's my dad. Be that as it may, I need to maintain a sense of formality, so I'm going to stay with Mr. for now. Oh, and it's Deputy or Deputy Marshal. Oh, oh, okay, right, oh, right. Formal, you got it. Okay, so... Back to the day the station learned that Flight 0492 had disappeared. You mentioned in our last interview... I'm here. You mentioned you saw Deacon McTaggart in a very agitated state. How so? Yeah, 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 yeah. That guy, he... He was all broken up, man. Dude was stressing and then some. He needed some calm down medicine. He's pacing back and forth, forehead sweat in his eyes and all oh, his lip, like it was gross. I thought he was gonna like pass out or have a stroke. He was so worked up. Okay, pacing, except for sweating, stressing out. All right. Did anything else stand out? Anything that seemed odd or off or maybe wrong? Uh, only if you count the the the, the Chaz oh, fancy lad. What's what is this? No, oh, Chaz. Wilford Brimley the third, whatever, you know, the entitled dude. Mr. Wilford, the logistics worker. Yes, the Mr. Numbers and Spreadsheets, that's the dude, or yeah, 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 yeah. Chaz Wilford, what was off about him? Okay, okay, okay. So, you know how these dudes are like... Lazy, like like they, they do the minimum amount of work that they need to do. They don't go like above or beyond for nothing, right? I know the type. Yes. Okay, so this guy, this dude, or he, he got a call to step in for some techie work that was needed to be done on the plane that you were on, and I saw him head out with zero bitching about it, like. He had his tech gear ready to go. Uh, he almost seemed happy to having like pitch in and do more work. Never. I've never seen him like that. Okay. I think I've got it. Uh, and you were double checking the Emon sensors, is that correct? You got it, Duder. No, sorry. Oh, my bad. Oh. Formal. That is correct, Mr. Deputy Duder. I wanted to make sure that those babies were in place in case we got another flicker tickle. That's the technical term, by the way. I was working on relay panel number 21. Blackjack, right? <laughs> like at number 21, man. Blackjack, right. Okay, fair enough. Um, and I don't suppose you know how long Mr. Wilford has been on station. Oh, Mr. Fancy Pants, he... He showed up the week after you did? Like, the week after you did. Yeah, this is his dude, this man's 
my first winter down here. Alright. I think we're good here. Uh, I want to thank you again for coming in, Mr. Dauber, on such short notice. Of course, Mr. Uh, Deputy Marshal Man. You know, I'm just happy to show up and answer whatever you need, man. If you ever just want to talk for, like, deliveries, just to hang out... Well, thanks again. Appreciate it. Gotcha. Formal. Okay, Diane, it's 29th of July, it's Friday, and we're closing in on 1,700 hours here. I've just concluded all my planned interviews for the week, plus a few unexpected ones. I swear, the more time I spend down here, the more I begin to wonder what... Well, let's not get to that now. Uh, The elimination process of viable suspects is just about complete. I have three top potential candidates. One, the alleged Patsy McTaggart. I am not convinced about this Meek Millie persona he portrays. He's a new arrival on the station, so not that many people have interacted with him in order to confirm if this is how he really is or if this is all some act. He's already confessed to being involved with this smuggling operation, but this story of the family members being put in jeopardy could very easily be a ruse. Let's just say it wouldn't be the first time I've heard it in the past and I'm continuing to look into his background. Number two, Chaz Wolford. By his own admission, he was in the plane the morning the sabotage systems were impacted. He says he was in the backup role and only filling in for the primary diagnostic specialist who fell ill the evening before. More than one person has... Oh, hold up, Diane. We have company. Come in. Sydney, have a seat. Thank you. Okay, so I got a chance to sit with the big guy and the little guy too, and we had a good chat. So what's the story? Well, I can't go into the specifics of details due to the 4P principle. 4P? What's that? The 4P principle? Yeah. Patient, puppet, psychiatrist, privilege. Cute, Sydney. <laughs> I thought so. So, seriously, is this anything to be overly concerned about? Well, absent the whole ventriloquist puppet who can take control of the puppeteer aspect. Whoa, 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 whoa. You, you're saying Zeke was right? This, Richard Johnson is like an actual, well, I, I don't know if I'd call him a flesh and blood person. However, there is a distinct personality and conscious there. Sidney, you're going to have to forgive me here. No, I understand. Even with all you've seen on this station, this is indeed... How'd you just put it? Next level shit? So... No. Honestly, don't believe we're in any danger from either the puppet or person. The person honestly wants to help. He does. And the puppet... He's more focused on getting back to, well, wherever it is he's from versus doing anything malicious here. I know, but the time with Zeke. Well, with that, you have to understand that your pal Zeke, he's a, a very cautious person, very much in the here and now. He accepts the weird and the oddities that are around. Wait a minute, hold on. I didn't... I, ha- I haven't said any of that. 
I just thought it. It never had a chance to be said aloud, which is partially why I'm asked to continue to return here every winter season. The NSF thinks it's just my track record on being able to keep a semblance of balance and order within the mental health of the winter overs, which, in all honesty, it sort of is. I just happen to have an added bonus to my doctorate. I can hear thoughts. No, I'm actually very serious, Bass. No, I cannot control people. Just read thoughts. I'm a psychiatrist, Bass. I'm not a Jedi. Stop that. So this entire time, this entire time we've been chatting, you've been reading my mind? No, no, no. Just, just the thoughts that were loudest in your head. Those I couldn't tune out. Are you, you're serious. You're being serious. It Bass, if it makes you feel any better, the doctor-patient privilege still applies here, and I'm still bound by it. I can't discuss anything we talk about or that I pick up in sessions. Also, and I'm not sure why, but I only seem to have this ability, if you will, when I'm down here. When I'm back in Brooklyn, my private practice, nothing. You're about to ask me what you're thinking of, and the answer is a bottle of Knob Creek and a Padron 26, number six Robusto cigar. Bass, I'm on the level here and will always be. How the hell am I supposed to chat with you if you were literally inside of my head? I promise you, I am not the bad guy here. Yes, I have this thing, but I have to believe it's for the greater good. It's certainly what I'm using it for while I'm down here. I'm a psychiatrist, yes, but also a doctor and bound by the Hippocratic Oath. Do no harm. That's right. Look, it's late on Friday. It's been a long week. This here is a, it's a lot to take in. Why don't you go, spend some time with Kendra, and just unwind? And we can pick this up on Monday if you'd like. I, I do want to leave you with this. Not necessarily as a psychiatrist, but as, well, what I hope is a budding friendship. Bass, if things between you and Kendra are ever going to work, you have to reconcile yourself with your past before you can commit to a shared future. Otherwise, you'll be reliving all the torment and the nightmares for the rest of your days. This is Brian Bradley. Thank you for listening to our show. We are commercial-free and able to do so thanks to our amazing sponsors. You can help support 90 Degrees by visiting our Patreon page. Go to 90degreespodcast.com. That's the number 90 and degrees podcast, all one word, dot com. You'll find a direct link to our Patreon page where you can make a monthly pledge and get shirts, buttons, stickers, or even a shout out as an honorary station poly. Speaking of, we'd like to send a special shout out to the following polies Nick Wolf, Ernest A. Polron, and Padma Numi. Thank you for your sponsorship. It helps and supports us in so many ways. 
has been 90 Degrees South. On behalf of the cast and crew, I'd like to thank you for listening. If you like the episode and are enjoying the series, please remember to give us a like, a share, a tweet, send a raven, or review on iTunes, Audioboom, or your favorite podcast site. It helps us to get the word out and keeps the cold at bay. Until next time. This has been a BMB production.